Hello everyone, it's so good to be with you again and um, I've got a message on my heart today which is, I believe, so necessary in this time and season when there's so many things going on around the world, the US elections and all kinds of things going on, demonstrations in dif different nations and people unhappy and all kinds of things. And you know, sometimes in that process, we can get to a place where we get confused about where is God in all of this, etc., etc. But I want to say this to you today, that God is a faithful God. And I've entitled this message, Faithful, Faithful, Faithful. Three faithfuls. One for the Father, one for the Son, one for the Holy Spirit. And more importantly, it's I want to get that message through to you. God is faithful, faithful, faithful. You know, when you repeat something, it gets into inside your inner man. You know, throughout our lives, very often, we, we time and again, we, we ask ourselves questions like this, depending what season we're going through. Is God really aware of me? You know, sometimes people wonder, is God aware of me? Or am I just an invisible dot to the Lord? Sometimes it feels like this. Does God really love and care for me? It's a big question for many, many Christians. Does God really love and care for me? Do I mean anything of significance in God's books? God is so big. I mean, he's huge. He fills the entire universe. Where am I? Am I smaller than a microbe? And, and sometimes, am I of any significance in God's books? Or sometimes we ask ourselves this question, has God turned his back on me because I'm just not good enough? Has he turned his back on me? I've let God down so many times. And I know in my life when I was younger, and I know a lot of young people go through this, I've let God down so many times. Surely he can't love me anymore. And so we have these kind of questions that, that buzz around in our brain and many other questions of that nature. But God is by far more faithful than you and I can imagine. By far more faithful. There is one truth that every single one of us has to settle once and for all. If you are a God-fearing person, in other words, you've got Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Lord has entered into a covenant relationship with you. And we've got to get that solid. This is a solid foundation. It's unshakable. It's a rock on which you build. God has entered into a covenant relationship with you. The Bible tells us that if you've received Jesus in your heart, you are now God's child. And he has entered into a love covenant with you. This is very important for us to grasp. And he's a God who keeps his covenant no matter what. No matter what you do, no matter what I do, God never forgets his covenant that he's entered with you. You see, we serve a God who has made this promise to his children. And you'll find this promise in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 5. And this is what, what the promise is. These are the words that Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you. Never means never. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. God did not mean I will leave you sometimes when he said never. He meant Never. 
That means never ever, not even one time, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You see, he will never betray you. Never. He will never let you down. He will never turn his back on you. He will never not honor his promises that he has made to you in his word. He will never change his mind regarding you. And very importantly, he will never stop loving you. Never. God will never stop loving you. You know, throughout the Old Testament, God made the same promise to his people. You know, sometimes we think in the Old Testament, God was a different type of God. No, he's the same. In fact, in the book of Malachi, he says, I am the Lord. I do not change. And God made the same promise to his people, that's Israel, even after they had turned their backs on him numerous times. Over and over again, Israel turned his, its back on the Lord. But God kept reminding them, I am with you. Kept reminding them, I love you. You are my people. And today the good news is, he's making that same promise to you as his child. And I want to say this in pur with purpose because many, many Christians, depending how you've grown up, what you've observed in your Christian walk, you still have this doubt about the faithfulness of God. You still have this doubt. But God is saying, don't doubt because I will never stop loving you. God is the Lord Almighty and he is not a man that he should lie. He does, he does what he says he will do Without fail, without fail, God will never change his mind. If he's made a promise, he will stand on that promise and he will never let you down. If he says that he will never leave you, that he will never forsake you as his child, that's exactly what he means. That's exactly what he means. He is a covenant-keeping God. And that's the faithfulness of God that I want you to get today. I don't know what you're going through right now with all this lockdown and the changes and, 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 and the economy coming down, etc. None of this moves God so that he stops being faithful to you. And that's important to grasp. There is nothing that you and I can do that will cause God to turn his back on us. Nothing. And when I say nothing, I mean nothing. We can turn our backs on him a thousand times, but that doesn't mean that he will turn his back on us. We can backslide. That means we turn our back on God and we go back into the world and we do things in the world. But you know what? In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 3, verse 14, God says he is married to the backslider. You can go and read this. Jeremiah, chapter 3, verse 14. So even if you backslide, he's still married to you. He's still in a covenant relationship with you. You know, people of God, I never stop to be amazed at the story of a prodigal son. You know, this is a great story in the Bible when we're talking about the faithfulness of God. It's a parable that Jesus taught to show us how committed and faithful God is to each one of us. There are many other lessons in that story, but I believe this is one of the center lessons that the Lord wants us to hear. 
that parable, of course, is found in the book of Luke, chapter 15, verses 11 to 24. It's a very long story, so I'm not going to read it to you, and you can read it in, in your own time. But just to recap, what happened is this father, he had two sons, and one of his sons said, Father, give me my inheritance now. He didn't want to wait till his father passed on. And so his father gave him his inheritance. He took his inheritance and he went into the world. And that's where we pick up the story. I can tell you right now, you cannot get more backslidden than the prodigal son, even if you tried your best. He was a son in the house, of course, but he chose to leave his father's house and take his inheritance. In other words, he was a part of his father's household as a son. And that's speaking of you and I. We are part of our father's household as son and daughters of a living God. But the Bible tells us in verse 13, he took his father's inheritance. He left and it says he went to a far country. Do you know why he did this? He went as far from his father's house as he could because he was already planning to lead a life of debauchery. And he didn't want to be seen by his father or any of his friends. You know, if you choose to backslide, there's no better place to go than way away from your family. I know, we were young, and, uh, when, and some of us moved away from home. And you know, when you move away from home, you tend to let your hair down, and you tend to forget because you're not worried that anybody who is part of your family is watching you. And so it was with a prodigal son. He went to a far country, away from his family, away from his friends, because he's already planned, I'm going to go and lead my life now. I'm going to go and enjoy myself. In other words, he had premeditated and preconceived his coming lifestyle. Wow. You know, that's premeditating to sin. I mean, you know, you can't backslide more than that. And then when he got to wherever he went, he squandered all his inheritance with worldly living. You can read that in verse 13 of that same chapter. You know what that means? He partied. He drank alcohol. He went with loose women, choosing to abandon all the values that he had received from his father. And that's what the prodigal son chose to do, consciously. He chose a reckless life on purpose with the full intention of enjoying all the desires of his flesh. Wow. And to top it all, once he had spent all his father's inheritance in this sinful lifestyle, totally given over to the flesh, he then turned to a worldly friend first to help, completely ignoring his father. The first thing he did, he didn't come back home. He didn't come back to his father. He didn't trust, actually, in his father's love. He turned to a worldly friend for help. Let me ask you this question. Do you think you can beat that? <laughs> do you think you can do any better or any worse, should I rather say? I don't think so. No matter what you try, you cannot outdo the prodigal son in terms of turning your back on your father, on your heavenly father. You can never outdo him. He did it all, all of it. When this guy decided to go into the world, he really made a good job of it. He really did. 
We're not even sure how long he continued this lifestyle. It could be months, even years. All we know is that finally he hit rock bottom. He was not only in the gutter, but he was below the gutters, if I can put it like that. So according to the story, he wrecked his life totally before he began to give any thought to his father. Wow. Do you know that his father never stopped thinking about him? But he did not think about his father. And in this place of absolute despair and hopelessness, he finally came to his senses and he remembered his father's house. And you can read that in verse 17 of that same passage of scripture. One thing is very clear in this story. He did not choose to go back to his father's house because he knew that his father loved him unconditionally. That's not the reason he went home. He chose to go back because he remembered that his father's servants were given food while he was starving. So he said to himself, even my father's slaves, because in those days, what are called servants, they were slaves. My, even my father's slaves have some food to eat and I'm starving. So he said, he said to himself, if I go back, as a servant or as a slave, not as a son, maybe I could get some food too. And you can read that. Verse 17 to 19 is very clear. You can read that. Literally, he had written off the idea that his father would receive him as a son. Because, and this is so true for so many of us, because he'd done so many bad things. And he started thinking, no ways am I, will my father still love me and care for me as a son. So he began to strategize how he would approach his father in order to soften him and get him to receive him back even as a servant or as a slave. And that's, you find, I'm going to read that piece to you in, in Luke chapter 15, verses 18 and 19. He said to himself, I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. He knew the level of his sin. He knew it. It was huge. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Now see, that's his own thinking. Don't we do that? As in our flesh, in our humanity sometimes, we think, oh my God, I've done this so many times. I've turned my back on God. I don't even pray anymore. Or whatever it is that you feel guilty about. And you say to yourself, surely God can't receive me as a son anymore. And then he said, he said to his father, make me like one of your hired servants. Make me like one of them. Isn't that how we feel sometimes when we feel that we have uh, let God down too many times? We feel unworthy of God's love and worthy of the care that God want, has for us. And I want to tell you today, if this is where you are and maybe some of you watching this, Maybe you've been through seasons like this. Maybe you're not actually even sure about, about that God really cares for you and will never change his mind. I want to tell you that that kind of thinking is a lie from the devil that is put in your mind because we judge ourselves by our works, but judge, God doesn't judge us like this because of what Jesus did at the cross. God so loved the world 
you and I, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's not to do with our works. It's to do with the love of God and his faithfulness towards us. You see, God is in a covenant with you. He's in a covenant with you. And he's not planning to change his mind because you've done something wrong. He doesn't change his mind. He doesn't change his covenant. In fact, he's waiting for you to come back to him so that he can help you come right. He is the ever faithful one, never turning his back on his covenant with you. And I want to say this to you. As his child, you are the apple of his eye. And there is nothing that you can do to change that. I don't know if you heard me right. There is nothing that you can do to change that. You will remain the apple of his eye. Don't ever allow feelings of guilt or unworthiness to take root in your heart, leading you into believing that God has forsaken you. We started this talk today with that scripture, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I've found in my own journey with the Lord that no matter what I've done, no matter how serious my sin is, he is always there ready to forgive and restore. Always. Always. The Bible says his mercy endures forever. You know the word endure means cope with. It means, you know, keep up. Or, or the, the correct word is he puts up with us. He puts up with us. His mercy endures, puts up with us forever. That means he doesn't change his mind. He is the ever faithful God. Always honoring his covenant with me as his child. Always. Always. So in this story of a prodigal son, we learn one thing about the father. He totally ignored his son's sob stories, if I can put it like this. You know the sob story? Came to his father and said, Father, I've sinned against you. Pull me, pull me. I've done bad things. Surely you can't receive me as so make me one of your slaves. The father ignored the son's sob stories. <laughs> he forgave him instantly and he received him back into his household with great joy. And the Bible says, even from afar off, his father was looking for him. On a daily basis, I've got this picture in my mind that his father used to go on a high place somewhere and look into the distance, hoping that today his son will come back home. Luke chapter 15 verse 20 says this, And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, from a distance, his father saw him. That means he was looking out for him. And he had compassion. He ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. You've got to understand that's the love of God for you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what's happened in your past. I don't care what you did this morning. That's the love of God for you. The ever faithful God. Never let the enemy put thoughts in your mind that you are not good enough or unworthy of God's love. You see, you didn't choose God. God chose you while you were still a sinner. Don't let the enemy tell you you're not worthy. In fact, to be quite true, none of us are. 
But God makes us worthy. He chooses to make us worthy because he loves us so much. Don't let the enemy put thoughts in your mind that God has turned his back on you because of what you've done. God will never, I said never, turn his back on you. I'm emphasizing this because it's so important for us to get this in our spirit. I want to tell you this morning, let go of your past and of your sin. Just let go of it. Give it to God. Leave it behind. Let go of your guilt or your feeling of unworthiness. That is a story God wants us to learn from this parable. His love for us is by far greater than any of this. You see, all you have to do is turn around and you will find him right there, ready to receive and restore you to your full inheritance in him. You know, when the prodigal son came home, his brother was all jealous because the father killed the fatted calf and called a big party, put a, a, a very luxurious robe on him and, and said, come on, son, let's celebrate. It doesn't matter what you've done. The fact that you're home is what matters. That's a message that God has for you today. It doesn't matter what you've done. That's irrelevant. The fact that you've come home is what's important for him. Psalm 119 verses 89 and 90 says this. It says, forever, O Lord, forever, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. All, not some. Not a few, all generations. Wow, what a powerful word from the Lord. So I want to say this to you today. Faithful, faithful, faithful. This is our God. He is faithful to you and to me. Hard lesson for some of us to learn because we have grown up in an environment where if we put a toe out of line, people will zap us and people will accuse us and our parents will give us a hiding and, 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 and keep the, the, the chocolate away from us for two weeks because we look the wrong way. And so we look at God in the same way. But you cannot look at God. God is not a man. God is God. And he loves you and he's going to be in, he's in a covenant of love with you and he's faithful to his covenant. I want to say this to you this morning. Just put your trust in him. Rest in him. I don't care what you've done yesterday, the day before. I don't care if you beat the dog or swore at somebody. God forgives you. All you have to do is come home. All you have to do is say, Father, here I am. And already is ready for you to come and celebrate with him. So receive that message today. Faithful, faithful, faithful. This is our God. Amen.